Good morning, everyone. How are you? Taye, who's that person next to you who looks just like you? That's your brother. Welcome, brother. You're a very handsome-looking guy. Your brother might agree that he's the more handsome of the two, but we're not even going to go there, okay? Because you guys are just all good-looking guys. Amen. Welcome. Welcome to church. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and pray, you guys, and then we'll, uh, we'll jump into this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we serve a God who is living, who is alive. Father, we thank you that you are here with us even now. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. You are the one who opens the eyes, Father. You show us revelation. Father, I, I pray today that we do not get information, but that we get revelation, Father. Revelation sticks with us forever. It is truth that embeds in our hearts. Father, the, the Apostle Paul prayed that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. So, Father, we claim that. We can have that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. So, as you guys saw, the pastors were at uh, Rivers Church, River Church. If you want to go ahead and pull that up, this is uh, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. Um, he had the... Uh, Yeah, he's, uh, he has a very Holy Spirit type of church, so they're down there getting filled. Pastor already said that they're going to bring that overflow back. We don't know what that means, but it sounds really fun, okay? So that's, that's coming back. That must mean that they're filled to overflowing, and they're ready to minister. So we're happy about that. Um, so tonight, for our tonight service, um, we do have a Sunday night service. It's more of a Holy Spirit service. It is a great service. Not everyone comes. But this week, well, my, my wife actually preached last Sunday. And uh, how many were here to hear that? Not everyone comes back on Sunday. That's a good amount. And, uh, and it was a blessing. It was a good message. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to uh, tag team preach. Okay? So if you have never seen tag team preaching before, it's like a wrestling match where one person's on the ropes, and then you tag them in, and then they come in, and then they go back, and things like that. So... To me, at the, very, at the very minimum, it just, it's, if you're someone who gets bored easy, it's just much more interesting. You know what I mean? It's hard to, it's hard to nod off during that. So, and, I, and I think we're going to continue what you, were, what you were talking about. We're going to go in that direction. But it's fun. And we teach in the Bible school um, that we have here. And we always, we always tag team preach uh, when we do it in there or tag team teach. So it's going to be great. Uh, one last thing I want to... Push real quick. Can you get the connect group slides up there that are um, the ones that show the houses on there? Yeah, check this out, you guys. So we have something called connect groups. These are Bible studies that happen during the week. And what we notice is not everyone really avails themselves of this. So if you're hungry for Jesus, if you want more of Jesus, if you want to connect with people, if you want to get to know people, if you want people to pray for you, care about you, things like that. A lot of people, um, one of their main requests is that they would have Christian friends, that they would have Christian people that they could talk to. Well, that happens in our connect groups. And so um, some of them we have here, we have uh, Jody. Jody's at uh, Thursday at 11 a.m. It's an adult-only one uh, in Weymouth. But if that's you and you have that time slot during the day to come, I encourage that you uh, go to that. They also built a new house, so they have tons of room, so they could, they could fit like 40 or 50 people. Or like 20 or 19, so 
It's, uh, it'll be a blessing. So all different groups, this is what you do. You go to our website, you click on the banner on the homepage, and then you just register, okay? So do that, you guys. Don't stay disconnected. Let's connect. Let's grow in the word together. It's a blessing. Amen? So those are my, those are my mini commercials. I know that we went over it, but it's worth bringing up again. <clears throat> so... Um, so, Mikey, I'm going to have you uh, help me real quick. Um, so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead off this way. I'm going to have you move, move the pulpit because we're going to show a video, okay? You can come up and stand over here. So, I'm going to lead off with the video, but let me go ahead and uh, let me prep it for you. And it has to do with what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about two worlds, okay? And then, uh, yeah, there you go, two worlds. And as you can see, these two worlds are colliding into each other. And the Bible, the Bible talks really extensively about two worlds, that there are actually two worlds. There's the kingdom of heaven, and then the kingdom of this world, or the kingdom of Satan, okay? And for us to understand these two worlds and to know that they actually exist is important. So I want to talk about that today. I'm going to lead off with a video, and it's going to kind of uh, help me. But I'm going to give you a little explanation of the video, okay? Number one, it's science fiction. Not everyone's a science fiction fan. But I am. So we're going to watch the science fiction thing. And it's from the 1999 movie, The Matrix. Okay? So the idea behind The Matrix, okay? The idea behind The Matrix is that these people lived in a world with this kind of greenish hue about it. And it was just kind of this perfect world, but not so perfect. And, um, and, and uh, it, everyone was kind of like, something just isn't right about this world. And... Um, what this world was, was actually just a computer simulation being pumped into their heads. And what happened is AI and robots and sentient beings, AI is just upon us, guys. It's our future. So the, the robots took over. They enslaved men and just pulled energy out of them and made them believe that they were in this, like, fake world, okay? But really, they weren't, okay? So based on that, let's go ahead and check out this clip. I think it does show, yeah, go ahead and grab that. It does show human bodies, so if you're offended by that, cover your eyes. Go ahead. Give a little disclaimer first. Can you put up my little disclaimer screen? So as a disclaimer, just so you know, I am not um, recommending this movie, okay? I have a, uh, I have a thing called, uh, a, a called ClearPlay, right? And it actually filters movies. You can thank the Mormons for that. They've developed this thing where they filter out movies so you can have your sex, your nudity, your violence, all that stuff taken out. Even where it says, oh, my G-O-D can be taken out. So I've only seen this movie in an edited fashion, okay? So don't go renting it today and watching it because you may be offended in your Christian self as far as that goes. But um, when, when I first saw this, I had, to, I had to, like, watch the movie twice. Like, what the heck am I watching? You know, all of a sudden, this guy in this real world, and then he's, like, not in that world, and he's taking out of that world, okay? But I started to see that there was kind of this tie to my spiritual walk. There was a point where I walked in uh, what the Bible calls the world, and, and I was being groomed by Satan and being groomed by the devil, and, and, um, and I was heading in a direction that was far away from God. And then Jesus came and he rescued me out of that world and it was like I woke up. It's like I came alive. I was born again into a new world. And like all this other world, it's like, what the heck was that? What, what was I living in? 
okay? What, what, what was that, okay? Except Satan's attempt to pull man, to distract man, to keep us busy away from the kingdom of God, okay? So I want to I wanna talk about that today. Two worlds, you guys. The kingdom of Satan. So I, I am going to talk a little bit about the devil today. Some people... Well, let me say this. Some churches don't talk about the devil. They don't talk about uh, uh, almost like he's not real. When you talk to some people, they, they'll talk to you like the devil's not real. The, de- the devil is real, okay? He is a created being. He was a covering cherub. He is not equal with God. He's not as powerful as God. He's not that, but he was a created being. He caused rebellion in heaven, and he was cast out of heaven into the earth. Okay? When he was on the earth, he didn't have a lot of power, but someone did, Adam. Adam was God's man and his wife, and Adam was given dominion over all the earth. He was given rule over all the earth. And Satan knew, if I want to have that same rule, if I want to have the rule that man has, I'll have to have them disobey God. I'll have to have them sin against God. So Satan was able, and you can read this in Genesis, to fool or trick the woman into disobedience. So the Bible says she was tricked, but the Bible says that Adam knew what he was doing. He willfully sinned when he disobeyed God. When that happened, Satan took the authority and the dominion of man on this earth. The Bible actually calls him the God of this world, small g, the God of this world, because he's the ruler now of this world. Let's look at, let's look at some scripture here. It says here, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Satan who is the God of this world, the Bible plainly states it, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe, okay? The best way for an enemy to do their work is for people to not know the enemy exists, okay? So if in the the country of America... If people were going to send spies into our country to go ahead and do an espionage and to undermine what we're doing in our country, the best thing is for those spies to never be known, never be discovered, or for us to say, ah, spies could never be here. And that's how the devil works. He just wants to be in the background. He wants to pull the strings. He wants to cause the minds of the unbelieving to be clouded, but he doesn't, he doesn't want the attention per se, okay? There was a, recently there was a Satan con in Boston, you know, the convention of the Satanists and stuff. He's probably like, guys, cut it out. Cut it. We don't need all this attention. I'm already doing good without you bringing attention to me, okay? But it says here, the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Now, as a Christian... Have you ever tried to share the good news with someone who is not born again and not saved and they just don't see it? Like, that's good for you. I'm glad you have found your way, but I have no idea what the heck you're talking about, right? The God of this world has blinded their eyes so they don't see the glorious gospel. Let me put it this way. Since I've been a Christian, I really cannot think of one downside to being a Christian. I can't. It's all upside. It's all blessing. It's health. It's God's hand on my children. It's God's hand on my money. It's God's hand on my life. It's, it's, uh, it's being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's the hope of heaven. I can't think of one bad thing of being, being a believer, right? But 
you know, Satan doesn't want people to know that. He doesn't want them to know the goodness of God, and he blinds it from their eyes, and that's what the enemy does, that while we're in the world. So it says here, Satan, who is the God of this world. So there is the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, but the, the Bible talks about the world a lot. The world, the world, the world. When, he talk, when the Bible talks about the world, it's talking about the world that has been influenced by Satan or the fallen one. They don't understand, we're going back to 2 Corinthians 4, 4, they don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. 1 John 5, 19 says, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. That's a very bold statement, you guys. The whole world, okay? So there is this clash of two worlds. The Bible says that you are in the world, but you're not of it, okay? So when you've been born again, when Jesus saves you, you're taken out of that world and you're brought into the kingdom of God's dear son. So we might be in the world, but we're not of it. So the Bible says that the whole world, what does it say here? The whole world is under the control of the evil one. Now that sounds, that sounds pretty depressing, okay? That sounds pretty depressing. But we need to look at it on a, on a soul-by-soul, person-by-person basis, okay? So what the devil wants to do is he wants to work on each person individually to keep them in their own little world, their own little world of sin. Some people have their world of depression. Some people have their world of pornography and sexual sin. Some people are caught up in drug addiction, okay, and just stuck in that loop of drug addiction. Some people have the greed and the, and the lust for money, and they'll step on any person's head, whether it be a child, a woman, or anyone, to get money. But whatever it is, the devil's going to work individually to keep you in your own lustful loop so that you're stuck in the bondage of the enemy, okay? I don't know if you guys can follow this thought, right? But if they invented something for a human where they could sit in a chair or a stand or whatever, and if they pressed a button, okay, it released um, like a, uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of the, the drug. What is, what is Oxycontin or Cotin, um, what is that? What is the, an opiate, right? Yeah, so, so if they invented a button where you can press a button and it released an opiate into you and you'd just be like, ah. Like, how many people would just spend their whole life pressing that button? <sighs> just check out. But the devil has created a button for everyone. And if he can keep you distracted enough, if he can keep you blinded from the gospel, if he can keep you blinded from the truth of Jesus Christ, then you're just going to press your button the rest of your life. It might be your money button, it might be your lust button, it might be whatever it might be. It's just something to just keep you preoccupied. When I, noticed, um, I noticed when they legalized marijuana, which, which I'm not a big fan of, I've, honestly, I'll, I say stuff like this and people always come up to me afterwards, listen, I, uh, I, you know, I have a medical use and it's really helped my knees, and if that's you, I'm not talking about you, okay? But whatever, okay? <laughs> But I've noticed, yeah, it's like my teeth don't ache anymore. I'm not talking about that, okay? I'm talking about the other 99% of people 
who will go buy their bag of, of hash and sit in their house and just check out. Okay, so, so the one thing about marijuana, right, or any drug like that, it gives you kind of this pleasure, but it kind of puts your drive really low. People who are always high, they just have this really low drive. And here's the thing. God has given us a drive to, to build, to conquer, to be successful, to do that. And marijuana just kind of, like, you don't need to, I, I'm good. I don't even need to do that. I'm happy. I just got everything I need. It just, just robs the drive out of humanity. And, and I noticed, because there's a, um, a marijuana distribution place, like, a few doors down here. The only reason I noticed it is there's, like, a traffic jam getting in and out of there. Why is, what is this popular place that has opened here? And it's a marijuana distributor. And then I, w I think the number one opening business in any town now is a, a marijuana distribution. They're like everywhere, right? So my thought, because I don't live in that world anymore, okay? I was in that world at one time. I'm not there anymore. I'm like, who are all these people? They're like your neighbors, your brothers, your, you know, like just all these regular people. And America is just pressing their button. And Satan's loving it. He's just keeping people high. He's keeping them distracted. Because here's the ultimate goal. The Bible says that Satan has been judged. He's been cast out of heaven. He knows that eternal fire and punishment has already been his judgment. He knows that's his future. What he wants to do is take as many people to hell with him as he can. So his thing is to work on each person individually, keep them pressing their button, keep them checked out, keep them in sin, keep their knowledge of God clouded so that they don't hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I'm going to read a, uh, another scripture here. Ephesians 2, 1 through 6 says this, As you know, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, transgressions and sins. Does, I was born again when I was 18. I actually remember what it was like to be dead in my transgressions and sins. Some people grow up in Christian homes and, and they know a different experience. Thank you, Jesus. That's the best experience. I knew what it was like to be in the bondage of sin and to be blinded spiritually. I still remember what it's like. It was very hopeless. It, is, it isn't like you had a clue how to come out of this, how to change your destiny. You didn't. You just fed, felt very hopeless to the power of sin. It says here, as for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, that spirit that now works in those who are disobedient. This is, this is Satan. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature deserving wrath. So we lived a life of perpetual sin. And uh, so, I mean, if I think of me, so some people could say, like, you know, you were 18 when you were born again. How bad could you be? I, I think by the time now and nowadays, anyways, by the time you hit fifth grade, you could be really bad. You, don't, you have to wait till you're an adult to be, like, really bad, really rebellious. So I, I remember in me just uh, a lot of rebellion, a rebellious heart, you know, against authority, against things like that. I, I technically wasn't, like, a bad kid. 
When I came to Jesus, I wasn't like strung out on drugs at the bottom of the barrel, things like that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I woke up. I woke up to Jesus, okay? But uh, it wasn't because of hard times, okay? Um, I had the opposite of that working in my life. But um, my introduction to these two worlds came in 1985. Yuck, even hearing that sounds like a million years ago. 1985, that's a long time ago. But I was 16 years old in 1985. Um, um, I was a church kid. I went to uh, the Catholic Church every week, super religious. We never missed, okay? And as soon as we got out of church, we lived like devils because the nature in our heart was not of God, okay? And so we were, by that time, we were already wrapped up in Satan's plan for our life. He already had us in, in our own little paths. And, uh, and my sister came home, and uh, she declared to everyone, hey, I've been born again. And, um, and we were all super offended. What are you talking about? You're born again. You're a Catholic. You don't need anything else. And we were. We, that got us angry, right? That religious spirit, like, kind of rose up inside of us, like, there is nothing else. What is that? But for the very first time, I started to hear the Bible, you guys. And even though I went to church and there's pieces of the gospel, the gospel of John, you know, even though you have that, it was like I was actually hearing the Bible for the first time. More of the Bible. I'm not, I'm not trying to offend. This was just my experience. The gospel of John. And so maybe I just kind of like didn't listen to it, right? Because it was just, <laughs> I'll tell you something about my church. Maybe not your church, but my church we played songs in church that it felt like they wrote these in the 1600s. And they were probably really big hits in the 1600s. But I'm like, this is the worst music I've ever heard in my life. It's 1985, and this, like... So anyways, there was a disconnect. So maybe I was checked out. I wasn't listening to it, right? But I started to hear the gospel for the very first time in my life. I started to hear the Bible, okay? And it started to have effect on my heart. Here's what started to affect in my heart. For the very first time, I saw, according to the word of God, that I was a sinner. That I sinned and that God was keeping a record of every right and wrong that I've ever done. And that at the end of my life, I'm going to stand before him and give an account for every sin and wrongdoing I've ever done. To me, that was, not, that was never a part of my, my nature, and I started to know, whoa, I'm a sinner. But then I started to hear there was a Savior who came to save sinners. And it was like the gospel came to me for the very first time in my life. I want to read some scriptures to you guys. Matthew 4, 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So some people say, Jesus, he's just, a, he's just a good man. He's a prophet. He taught, like, I ride by churches. Don't get offended, you guys. Everyone's always offended. I'm going to give you 600 reasons to be offended. Just don't be offended, okay? I ride by churches, and they have a rainbow flag on it, and it says... Um, love everyone, equality, trans, and God, God is transgender. And it says all this stuff. And I'm like, when did the church get off the mission of Jesus? Because Jesus came to preach saying, repent 
for the kingdom of God has come. What the heck are you preaching in your churches anymore? Jesus came to introduce a new world. So Satan, the Bible says that the entire world is under the control of the evil one. God looked down and saw that we were hopeless and lost. And he said, I am going to send my son to save them. And Jesus came and he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. If you, uh, we should drive by a church and it should say, repent because Jesus is coming soon. And people might look at it and go, I don't know what that means, but that's different. That's different, right? I don't know what it means, but I think I need to hear that, right? So the Bible says Jesus came to preach and to bring the kingdom. He said the kingdom of heaven has come near Two worlds. Jesus brings the world of heaven, the kingdom of heaven to the earth. Matthew 18, 3 says this, and he said, truly, I tell you, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Wait a second. I thought going to heaven was like an automatic. <clears throat> like everyone goes to heaven. Yeah, I know Hitler doesn't go. Jeffrey Dahmer doesn't go. People who eat humans. Yeah, they don't go, right? Of course, right? You ever talk to someone, hey, you need Jesus. They're like, I'm good. I never killed anyone. I never robbed any banks. Right? They say, you know, self-righteousness. Right? I, know, I, know, I haven't done bad. So th this was news to me. Not everyone goes to heaven. I, I was taught something called purgatory. Okay? So we, so we had a, um, I think his name was Mr. Fenn, F-E-N-N. -N. So we had this really ancient guy in our neighborhood, okay? When I was young. This is ancient. So thinking back now, he's probably 53. No. <laughs> he was old. He was like 90, right? And Mr. Fenn died. And so we say, Mommy, where's Mr. Fenn right now? Oh, he died, honey. He died, but where is he? Like, where is he now? Honey, he's in purgatory. Oh, really? What's purgatory? Well, purgatory is a place that if you did anything wrong, you suffer for a while, and after you suffer, then you'll go to heaven. And then I said, please, mommy, show me scripture and verse. No, I didn't say that, but <clears throat> I was just like, okay, good. So we all go to heaven because when you die, you go to this place, purgatory. They bake you a little bit at 350. Then you're up for, in heaven forever, right? Purgatory was created by um, the Catholic Church, probably in the Dark Ages, to collect indulgences. And you could pay the Catholic Church and get what's known as an indulgence to release the amount of time that your loved one spent in purgatory. It was a money-making scheme. And if you look at the Vatican, it worked. It is a beautiful place. They, there's a lot of money that went into that place. It's beautiful, okay? But purgatory's not real, you guys. It isn't real. And this was news to me. Not everyone goes to heaven. Like, you can miss this? That was, that was scary to me. That was an eye-opener. And not only did I realize through the scriptures that not everyone's going to heaven and you can miss it, that I was actually on the road to missing heaven. And that was a wake-up call. 
So I didn't go through bad times. I wasn't strung out on drugs. I wasn't at the bottom of the bell. I was a young kid who had the gospel preached to them and my eyes opened. And I was like, whoa. Our world needs the gospel, right? Our world, which the Bible says is under the control of the wicked one, if you remember what it was like to be unsaved, you know what it's like to be under the control of the wicked one. He had your own destiny, which was not, it might even be religious, because I was religious, but I did not know Jesus. And to, to, to wake up to the fact that I'm, I'm not going to heaven, I was taught, okay, maybe not everyone else, I was taught my church was the only one going to heaven. I was taught that. And then to hear the gospel and realize I'm not going to heaven? That was, that was enlightening. That was a thank you, Jesus moment. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to read it again, Matthew 18, 3. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. John 3, 1. Here's another scripture that, um, that I learned before I became born again, okay? Before I was born again. John 3, 8, 1 says this. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, because no one can do these signs you do unless God is with them. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So have you ever, you ever heard that term before, born-again Christian? What kind of Christian are you? I am a born-again Christian. Born-again so to someone whose eyes are darkened and they don't understand and Satan has, they, that doesn't make sense to them. What, it, what does born again mean? What is a rebirth, okay? And Nicodemus was confused as well. So he says, okay, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So he's thinking physically, can I be born physically again? And Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. People need to be born of the Spirit. I recently had someone say to me, Christianity is basically people just trying to better themselves. They're just, try they're just working to be a better version of themselves and they're just trying to be a better them. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That, that is not Christianity at all. Christianity is a man who was lost and hears the gospel of Jesus, receives forgiveness of their sins. They are born of the Spirit. They become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And then they go to change their world. They become the light in their world, okay? Christianity, if you are not born of the Spirit, you're not a Christian. 
and you will miss heaven. And to some people, I'm not trying to be hard, you guys, but we need to realize that those who we care and we love about, who we talk to, talk to day in and day out, they need to hear this. It's just kind of like that clip that I showed you. This guy, he was going about his life, and it was in, in the movie, it's in the Matrix, it's all a simulation. And then these people come around him and say, we, we need to get you out. This isn't real life. We need to get you out. And they did their little thing, and they popped him out of the Matrix. And when he woke up, he was like, where am I, right? And that's how it is in the spirit. We're all in our own little bondage world that Satan has for us, but we need to be born again of the Spirit. We need to awake into what God has for us. Jesus said this, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So some people say, well, here's my path to heaven. Here's my path to heaven. Here's my path to heaven. Here's my path. Jesus said, I know this is unpopular, everyone, but there is only one way, and that way is narrow, and that way is through me. No man comes to the Father but through me. Oh, Jesus, you need to open your mind. You need to be more accepting. Make the way broad. He said broad is the way that leads to destruction. These are the thousand and one paths that will lead you over the cliff to eternal damnation. But there is one person who God gave to man to save those who are lost. And Jesus said, unless a man is born again, they shall not see the kingdom of heaven. Shall not. Okay? Oh, but you know what? I come to church every week. I like the church. I like the music. I think the music is great. I even like clap my hands and sing. I'm trying not to be mean, you guys. Trying not to be mean. <laughs> I got it over here. Someone else say it. How about in the middle? Okay, okay. I'm just kidding. I even like the music. I clap. I sing along. It just it gives me a warm feeling. You still may be going to hell. Because unless, unless you do something with that lifetime of sin that has been laid on you, you will stand before God, and the Bible says you will die in your sins. Die in your sins. So when I was 18 years old, I was just like, I got, got in some few, a few close calls, you know, maybe not me driving, but other people driving, crashing cars, drunk driving, things like that. And I'd be like, oh, if we died tonight, I would go to hell. I knew it. But just knowing it doesn't make a man, doesn't make a man uh, be saved in God's eyes. We have to surrender our hearts to Jesus. And so there came a night where I said, God, I'm ready. And I, and, and I prayed a prayer. I prayed a prayer, and the basic, the, the nuance of the prayer was, God, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I surrender. I need forgiveness of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. The Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What I was doing was narrow road. Not astrology, not new age, not every other agenda on earth, Jesus way, the Bible way. And when that happened, I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus came, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me. And I entered, I came out of the world of Satan and I was born again into the kingdom 
of Jesus. The Bible says that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. There are two worlds, folks. And the majority of the people we know live in the world of cloudiness and darkness. And they need to be, they, they need your light. They need what you have. We need to be awakened again to what we actually have and what people need to hear. We recently, we recently were at a, um, at like a wake and um, the people who we knew knew we were Christians and in that time of trouble, they said, we need to hear what you got. Like we need to hear it. And we were able to very boldly say there is one way to the Father and it's through Jesus. And it's, it is the compassion of God to hear that. So, <clears throat> let me end with these few scriptures, then we're going to wrap up. Band, you can come up and get ready. We also have our legacy offering at the end today, so we'll be doing that. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. So let me read some scriptures about you. If you know Jesus, I, I want to do this too. At the end, if you have never made a real commitment to follow Jesus, the one way, we're going to pray that prayer today, and we're going to give you an invitation to make that step. Let me just say this. There is zero reason for saying no to Jesus. Zero reason. To stay in spiritual sin and darkness and bondage is... is anyways, Jesus brings freedom. And the upside to following Jesus is amazing. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to give you the opportunity at the end today. Let me read you a few scriptures. Of those who have come out of darkness and now are in light, John 17, 14 says this, I have given them your world, word and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world anymore. Then I am of the world. My prayer is that you take them, uh, that you, prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Listen, you are not of the world. 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 But some of you are acting like you are in the world. Some of you have gone back to Egypt and you're playing again with the sins that the devil once had you in bondage with. You are not of the world. You need to break that. You need to come out of his bondage. Because if the devil can't stop you in being saved, he'll stop your witness. He'll stop your effectiveness. He'll bring you back into depression. He'll bring you into a place where you want to take your own life. Matthew 15 says, 5 says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light and a lamp under it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Who people should see your light. People should see your light in Jesus' name. You're, listen, people have said this before. You may be the only Jesus that anyone ever sees. You might be the only one. Just because they get mad at you doesn't mean you should shut your mouth. 
You're giving them the seed of eternal life. Romans 12.2 said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Amen? We are no longer to be conformed into this world. We're not able to, we're not to be, you're in the world, but you're not of it, okay? So some people may, um, uh, Ty, come up here real quick. Can you actually jump up here? Yeah, take the, take the old man route. I was going to have him jump. Okay. Come hold my hand. So look at this. There's two men holding hands. <laughs> This is not gay affection. This is brotherly love. We need, hey, right? I would love to take the rainbow back. I thought it was stolen. Noah got the covenant of the rainbow. It belongs to him. And if it, no, no, no. And if anyone asks me, I am a gay man because I am extremely happy all the time. They took our words. But listen, so some people might think being worldly is, oh, look how he dresses. He has sneakers in church. He has jeans in church. He's wearing a T-shirt in church. That's not worldly, you guys. Worldliness is here. What is in your mind? What do you, what do you fill your mind with? Worldliness is in your heart. Does he have a heart full of faith? Is he speaking the word of God? Is he being a light unto ones around him? That's what a Christian is. There's so many people who judge on the outside. Judge, judge, judge. I want to judge. You know the only, peop the only people Jesus did not like were people who judged other people, the Pharisees. He's the only ones that he got mad at. He called them devils. He called them, he called them all types of bad names religious people. Your outward appearance is not your Christianity. Your heart, your mouth, your care for others, your light is your Christianity, not how you dress, okay? Not how you dress. Thank you for coming up here.